Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. What's goody, Hot Breath Verse? We have a raw comedy talk for you today. I went live on our Instagram with comedian Barry Brewer, a comedian through and through with that self-made hustle we talk about on Hot Breath. He has produced his own comedy specials. He has his own studio, which has led him to be on America's Got Talent, on Tyler Perry TV shows, and a lot more you're gonna learn about. This is the audio from our Instagram Live, so it may not be the quality you're used to, because this show's all about providing quality content for comedians, but the information certainly makes up for that lack in audio quality. So enjoy it. Go follow our Instagram if you want to be a part of more live streams. So there's only one thing left to do, and that is inhale a hot breath with Barry Brewer. My G, what's goody, fam? I'm good, man. What's good with you, man? How are you? I'm doing well. I appreciate you jumping in here. Man, I appreciate you having me. Already. We're all about self-made comics helping comics and you're definitely one of those cats that's out there making his own waves so it's always good to connect with like-minded folk out here um thank you man thank you so much this is just a pleasure and a blessing always so you got the um the show next wednesday at the laugh factory in chicago you and comics that kill putting a good event on there doing a free ticket yes, giveaway on their account yes august 2nd chicago laugh factory man we rocking out so all the Chicago and surrounding areas, hey, Kira, y'all got to pull up. Everybody's like, when you getting back on stage, when you coming out, man, I'm coming off an Achilles injury. So I haven't been um, rocking for at least, what, almost four months now. I've been healing, yeah, from my Achilles tear. So I'm very honest. Can't do it like you used to, fam. Man. You out here, you out here trying to be MJ. Still. I was still out there trying to be MJ. And if I would listen to myself, I could have... I could have retired walking away like he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I saw you on uh, America's Got Talent, and uh, you crutched out there. That now that's that's like the flu game right there. That was I was still in it because I was debating on not doing it, and some people was like, "Man, was that a, like a joke? Like you did?" I was like, "You know what's funny about that question that people would even ask me like that I would fake an injury or fake crutches to get more." Like I'm like. It's offensive to people that really, really work at their craft because it's like, I, I don't need a gimmick to like, I don't need a gimmick to, um, hey, I don't need a gimmick to like perform. So I'm like, no. And why would I fake that? You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. I guess, I don't know. I don't know what people be thinking. But yeah, that that was that. But that's, uh, yeah, we already got some questions coming in. But sure. if you could um, just give people, because I know we have a lot of, common folk and i'm based out of atlanta so we know nice. the same comics and everything yeah um but if you could just give the hot breath verse kind of a a brief kind of breakdown of your career i know you started way back in 2002 and you've you've done a lot of dope stuff that's been like self-made and stuff so kind of could you give us kind of the sure. quick story sure i love talking about myself of course yeah <laughs> Who doesn't like talking about themselves and all that they've done? <laughs> no, um, it's hilarious. No, man. Um, yeah, I started in 2002. Um, first of all, it's just a, it's a blessing, man, just to still be going after it, still be 
hungry, still be enjoying it. Mm-hmm. It's a blessing to do what you love. Um, 2004, I moved to LA. I started doing stand up in Chicago. My first two years rocking with um, any and everybody that was rocking in, they're still rocking now. Uh, like Little Rail was rocking with me and a whole bunch of other comics. I moved to LA. Uh, my first year in LA, I get on this show called Coming to the Stage. So that that was a, a moment I auditioned for coming to the stage, and I that was my first TV appearance. I did that. Um, I got into a movie called Lackawanna Blues, where I played a piano with Mos Def and Macy Gray. Um, so that was that same year. So that was a blessing. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I got that performing at the Sunset Room Comedy, and a guy was on the on the little a little piano, and I was like, oh yeah, and I did a little run. I was like, oh yeah, I play a little bit, and I did a little run. He's like, oh man. He's like, what you doing? I got this movie I can't do. And I got the movie like that. <laughs> and I'm like, he didn't even know how good I was. It was like, I just did a little thing, but that was a blessing. So, so that came uh, some years later, maybe two years later, I get on a show called Who's Got Jokes. I auditioned for that. They booked me to do that. So I do Who's Got Jokes. Uh, I become a semi-finalist on that. Me and Lil Real, Tiffany Haddish, we all on that same year. We were all in the same show. Uh, Keisha Hunt, like uh, George Wilborn, Corey Fernandez was there, Ron G, like all of these. We were all on the same season. The first year that they did this show on the show, uh, network called TV One, I did that. Um, didn't win. Come back. They asked me to come back the next year and do it again. I uh, did that. Did this other show called uh, Comics. Uh, what is it called with Bob Sumner, who was one of the bookers for um, Def Jam? Def right? Jam. Yeah. Yeah. He did a show on Aspire called We Got Next Stand Up Thing. So I got to, was fortunate to do that. And during this time, I'm also doing my feature, like little movies. Like I, David Arnold, rest in peace. Mm. Um, en- encouraged me. Yeah, that was my big bro, man. He encouraged me when I was twenty. Yeah, 22 years old to start writing. And I wrote my first movie when I was 21, actually. 21, 22, I wrote a show, a movie called The Parking Lot. And he, I have an email when he passed away. I still got the email of sending my movie. I typed it in the in the edit bar and I typed the whole movie. Because <laughs> 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 um, he told me, if you want to have longevity in this industry, you got to write. And I'm so grateful for him, man. Just giving me so many nuggets. He was such a just... Uh, a, a very funny person, but, you know, just always giving nuggets and helping, you know, comics like myself, younger comics. So anyway, I did, you know, so in this time I'm doing short films because mm. I want to be in television and film as well as a stand-up because when I did, when I started stand-up, my thought was like, hey, I'm looking at the Eddie Murphys and the Martin Lawrence and the Jamie Foxx, how they were able to do both. So in my mind, like, oh, these go together. You know what I mean? These go together. So cool. So I'm always trying to do what I can to put myself in those positions. So I uh, then get um, an opportunity to do Gabriel Iglesias' uh, stand-up revolution on Comedy Central. Dang. They call me out the blue and say, come audition. And I think people don't understand, like, for these comedy shows, you got to audition. You got to go to the club and perform with a lot of other comics to be uh, selected to perform on the show. So I went and did it. This is one of my first introductions to the Comedy of Magic Club, which is in Hermosa Beach in LA. Um, ended up becoming a regular that becomes there and, and, and Gabriel Iglesias loved my set and I performed with Mark Vieira. That's when I first met him. Me and him was on the same show. I don't know if you know Mark Vieira. He's from uh, New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know him, but I'm, I'm familiar with him. Okay, very, 
funny yeah. guy. So I do that. Um, Jesus, what else? Um, oh, I get on Comic View. They did Comic View with some more. Um, they did Comic View with some more. I go film that in Atlanta. They only put so many people out. Like they didn't put my episode out. And I felt like, you know, when you're on stage and, <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> they did. And I rocked it. I right. really had, you know, like being in a zone, you have on stage and you just can't miss. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had that moment and they, for whatever reason, they filmed like 30 episodes and they'd only put out like 10. So I was so mad about that. They still have it in the archives. I would love to see it. But anyway, uh, I did that. Um, shoot, I, it's so much. I would have to go look at my resume. Anyway, just doing a lot of different stuff. Of course. Yes. The, yeah. I did a show, and my first opportunity on television was 2019. I got an opportunity to be on this show called um, uh, Games People Play on BET. And then I got a chance to do this show called Tyler Perry's Bruh. I did my own stand-up special because um, I started seeing people went in I'm like man I feel like I'm ready to do an hour and so I I raised some money from random but I didn't know who would give me the money I was asking and um, my wife grandma gave me some money like everybody chipped in and helped me with my little tax money and I was able to produce my first stand-up special called Chicago I'm home that is on prime right now so I got my first hour that I'm very proud of very proud of grateful for and um yeah, man, and, and we here at the Laugh Factory on August 2nd now. So yeah, in the whole town. Yeah, in the yeah. whole town, man. And, and I, um, I, I definitely, um, I got to get into, like, the studio. You started everything as well. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yes. While we're, uh, while we're on the topic here, I saw actress Rosetta asked, um, will we see you on Kevin Harris's revamp of Comic View? Oh, she meant Kevin Hart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to like be on Kevin Harris. Harris. I want to be on Kevin Harris. Kevin Harris is hilarious, really. Um, I don't know. I heard about it recently that they rebooted it. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll see. Mm. You know, if I get an opportunity, you know, always it's a blessing to, you know, build your audience and be on those platforms. So if I get an opportunity, yeah, Rose, I know you met Kevin Hart. Kevin, Her- Kevin Harris <laughs> out there got to start his, his own comic view, too. Um, <laughs> Kevin Harris. Um, and uh, someone had asked earlier about how to get into a club. So you're doing a show at your like hometown like uh-huh. laugh factory it's like this isn't just some like small bar show so like right how do you kind of get in with a club and really start building a rep there i think you go it's, it's it's obviously a lot of ways because sometimes relationships but i always tell people work on your craft be funny mm. be good you know so that when you get an opportunity on somebody that may be producing a show on one of the nights at the club the bookers there, the managers there, people are there to get noticed to become in the regular rotation at that club. Um, I think that's really what it is. I mean, being playing the Laugh Factory is definitely a blessing. I got to meet the owner, Jamie, um, in LA in the Laugh Factory in Hollywood, and that's a blessing. But I think the most important thing is working on your craft, being funny, and building your audience. So don't let 
I don't want to minimize the club, but don't let that be like such a big accomplishment because there's people that's regulars at the comedy store and the Laugh Factory and the improv and all of these places, but they don't have an audience. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. be funny and build your audience because I think that's what really puts a stand-up comic in the best place is having an audience, right? That's what puts you on the road. That's what puts you in all these rooms because if you could put butts in the seats, the Laugh Factory, the improv, all of them, like, come on over. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah, the best way is definitely to build that leverage of having your own audience that they'll want to actually invite you to the club. Exactly. And being good, you know, being of good course. at your craft. Yes, yes for of sure. course. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, how do you, you have, you have a solid online following. How have you been able to build that up? What's been your Man. Kind of hustle there? Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a hustle. The one thing I think I approached it as is being authentic. I think uh, I can remember, uh, shout out to my friends, Carmen and Chris. Um, I brought them on like, hey, I need to get some followers. Like, cause I've been, a, you know, the regular standup way, like just going to the club, working my, you know, and then when everybody started moving in that area and I was doing short films too. And I was just like, man, everybody's doing these little funny, little goofy stuff. And I was just like, you know, as standup comics, we started looking at it and like, yeah, that's corny. Like, <laughs> cause that's how we felt, you right. know, no offense to nobody, yeah. but that's, that's how you felt. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. And she was like, you need to collab with this person, that person. I was looking at some people that had followings and I'm not going to put no names. I was just like, yeah, I don't really think they're funny. The people that was having followings to collaborate with them because that helped you get a following. I was just like, I don't want to be associated with that because I really want to be funny. And so I tried to find like-minded people. And I had a friend named Big Ja, who was a comedian who I knew. Mm -hmm. He was doing it. And I really thought his stuff was funny. And he, and he is hilarious. So I'm like, I, I network with somebody like that. But I knew him. So it wasn't like just somebody with followers. It was somebody who helped me produce my movie, helped me direct my movie before me and him and worked on stuff. We had already worked together. So I connected with him and started learning. He's like, Barry, you're doing what you're doing with your short films. Just do it in this sketch world. He's like, that's the same thing. I was just like, oh, okay. He's like, you don't got to change. It don't have to be not, you know what I mean? So I was like, oh, hey, LaQuinda. It was like um, that. So I applied that and I just start, kept, I kept doing it. And, and people thought it was about, it wasn't just about collaborating. I think what helped my father was just about being consistent with posting content. Mm. Funny content that I thought was funny, that my style, my thing, right? Like, and I think that's where a lot of vet veteran comedians and people that just kind of came up like I came up struggle with when it comes to social media, like trying to find their thing that they can promote on social media. It doesn't have to look like everybody else's. So trying to find your thing that you can present, whether I know some people doing reaction videos, maybe they just talking about situations that's happened in the news or creating sketches. Things. Oh, what's up, Joey? <laughs> people my yeah, I saw Rose said she liked my hair as well, so I appreciate that. Appreciate <laughs> that look out. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, it's hilarious. But, yeah, I think that the following thing is not one way to build your following, but I think if you could be consistent in, in putting out content that's true and realistic to you, I think people will gravitate to that. And obviously having some success in television and being on some platforms, like recently AGT, like, mm -hmm. like on my Facebook, like I got like almost 200 followers, 200,000 followers extra. Like I was at 400,000. Now I'm like at 600,000. Bruh. Right. And, and yeah. Instagram, it jumped up to like 
30,000. Well, I'm on, I'm like at 168, but it was like 148. So maybe it's 20,000 people follow me from that platform, right? So, um, yes, Joey. Hey, Joey. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm one of these cats. I mean, I've, I've been doing comedy 13 years and I just now am like, I gotta play social media. I've got like, 13 I've years in. so many social media comedians and they've kind of given me the game and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And then I'm like, and then I just don't. Yeah. And I'm like, I've, I've, I've got to do it. And I just started two months ago posting a stand-up clip every day. Uh -huh. And now, But now I'm like, all right, what else can I post? Because like, you can only post so many clips, the the filming and the editing and all that is very, like, what's a more sustainable kind of content? So like, how, how so that's a great question. Yeah, well, what, what, what you got for me there, fam? <laughs> that's a great question. Sustainable content is, is when you're talking to your buddies, what's funny? Like, what do you find yourself doing that you're like, this is funny? Like, what is it, whatever, like, maybe as you talking to your mom, maybe your mom is just crazy, maybe your dad, maybe your uncle, maybe your brother be saying some outlandish stuff that you're like, this needs to be, you know, like, or creating a, maybe you have some thoughts and perspectives on life. You're like, what if this was this? Like, whatever that may be, filming that, making that thing, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or just speaking on those things, or, Let's just say, like, for me, I, I like to encourage people and talk about life. So I start doing motivation on Mondays, right? I haven't been doing it because I've been very busy. So I am going to get back to motivational Mondays, people who like my motivational Mondays. But motivational Mondays was a way to have consistent content, but it was truly how I talk and how I try to, I'm try, and not like I'm the, the, the know-it-all of, of motivation, but just being encouraging and inspiring people as I'm, being as inspired to continue on in my dream and my journey, just kind of the lessons I'm learning along the way to share. So finding those things inside of you that's like really true to you. Like maybe mm. you like, maybe you like beer, maybe you like basketball, maybe you like football, maybe you're a golfer. Like, let me talk about that mm. thing. It don't necessarily even have to be all comedy because what you got to remember is that people want to know more about you. Like, yeah, you funny, but who are you off stage? And maybe there's a crowd of golfers like, oh man, this guy funny and he no golf. Right, so now you got that audience. So now that starts to build, and they want to hear what you think about this last uh, uh, what they call golf tournaments. I forget. But it's stereotyping me right now. I am stereotyping. <laughs> <laughs> judging a book by its color over here. He's <laughs> I did mention other sports, but I did hang on golf. You're right. You're right. Golf, pickleball, maybe you know. Uh... <laughs> the fact that you know that says a lot. But I was right. <laughs> But um, um, so but not being afraid to swing is a big on one. On any on things that are authentically you, and not feeling like you, and don't overthink it. Right. You know, like sometimes we care about how people gonna look at this, that, and it. you're just presenting you. You might just be talking about a day to day, like somebody cut over you and they was rushing to get in traffic. You're like, man, what's up with that? Like, where are you going? And I pulled up to him. We just said, like, that's stupid. Like, it's not necessarily a bit or a joke. You can just be ranting, but people love that because they might come and like, I feel like that just happened to me. And so now you got that engagement, right? And and people love things they can relate to. It don't necessarily have to make them laugh or it's just like, dang, I went through that too. Or I had that experience too. You get what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. like, like trying to find those true parts of yourself and create some type of content around it. That's easy for you that you can do that's sustainable. So I think just be you. Just trying to find those things, I think, really, really, really helps. You know what I mean? Sure. 
So, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Just gotta just gotta pull the trigger, man. Well, I don't say pull the trigger. I know you're from the South Side of Chicago, but like, <laughs> you know, you just gotta put up put up shots. You know. Oh, <laughs> uh, it, 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 I mean, that's hilarious. By the way, no, but exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's all you gotta do. Be yourself, and 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 understand that when you continue to do something, you keep working on it, man. You know, I think it builds from there. So I think that's important to understand. And and just don't get caught up into the other parts of it. Just be you and keep building. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. And uh, on uh, on Anu Palma said she's going to be at the show on uh, next Wednesday. So that's good looking. Thank you. Thank you so much. August 2nd. If you're in Chicago, pull up to the Laugh Factory. Yeah. Rocking out, man. I appreciate it. It's going to be a great time. And working on my uh, our new special called Almost Jaded. So you get to hear a lot of the new material. So no recording, by the way. <laughs> and uh, Comics of the Kill is doing a free ticket giveaway over on their account as well. If you go tag some friends in Chicago. Uh, Spiritually Michi asked, do you use all the platforms or prefer a specific one? Um, I would always suggest to use all of them. Um, right now, I, I post on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok. So those are the platforms I post on. Um, you know, social media for entertainers like myself and you, like comics, like that becomes a piece of your resume. You know, people look at that, and if they're going to hire you to do a show or bring you or promote, put you on the bill, they want to know, will people want to come see you? And sometimes they judge it from that, you know. So yep. they go look and see your following. That doesn't always mean that, though. Sadly, I know people with a lot of followers, and they can't put butts in seats because sometimes social media followers they they just like what they can get for free and not necessarily want to come and spend tickets and pay for tickets so the goal i think for us as entertainers is just to really find those people that really buy into us and that's the part i was telling you about those other parts of you when people feel like they really connect with you those are the people that's going to really pull up and pay for the tickets and find a babysitter for they the kid and come out and enjoy the night with you when you're performing in their city and that's that's the goal and that's why you give them that authenticity and i think that that helps yeah, I think someone doing that at the highest level is probably Kev on stage. I mean, his following, dude, when, when he came when he came on the show, he promoted it in just his Patreon. Like we did it, we did a live stream on YouTube together. And he promoted it just in his Patreon and like three hundred people like instantly appeared. And I was just like, What is what is this? What yeah. is social media? Yeah, but, but Kev on stage had a had a had a little help early on because Kev on stage was over, um, and, and I love Kev, so don't get it twisted. But <laughs> but he worked with an entity that had a big following too, oh, all Death Digital, right? And so he was able to be somebody and build his following from that platform. So that's like me getting on AGT. It gave me 20,000 followers that people are like, oh, I like you now. So mm. somebody that may not have those opportunities, and I'm not knocking that. I'm just trying to give you sometimes, you know, those things kind of help you. And, and everybody, like, I was blessed to be on the things that's helped me get a following in some way. And other people were like him were blessed. So then it might not be everybody's situation. Yeah. Right? I also was blessed to work with somebody like Big Ja who also had a following and people like me because they like him. So you might not have a big job in your life, right? So so I'm just saying that these are certain other components that does help very much. So I tell y'all all the time, like, thank you for letting me rock with you because truth be told, it definitely helped, 
me build followers. It helped me get opportunities and people to see me that wouldn't have saw me if he didn't allow me to collaborate with him. Obviously, I still had to work on my craft and be good when he give you know gave me that opportunity. But you know that 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 matters. So Kevin Stage having the opportunity to work with all the digital and really learn. He's a brand himself, and obviously he was ready and his craft is amazing. But he also grabbed that following, grabbed some people that loved him because of that element too. Yeah, that's what I was thinking more of like the authenticity side of like, he's been able to create such an engaged following. Like you said, some people with big numbers, but there's not that engagement and that love. But it, it, I think it it show, it reflects the type of content you share. For sure. Of you saying, be more authentic and relatable, and then they're gonna feel more connected to you than just like a passive laugh but they actually like have a relationship with you. Right, and I still need to work on that. What Kev does is that at a level, and that is can be, then that is a very important component of how he's continued to build and be more effective. He, he definitely have taken whatever little pieces he's got and he's made it even more humongous because of his relatability and his authentic and his consistency. You get what I'm saying? Like he, consistency, yeah. Kev on stage has a, his own studio. Kev on stage produces other shows for other comedians. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. still finds the time to be on the camera and talk about social issues and make fun of this. And that. like, he stays very consistent with all of those elements. And so I think that, and people don't understand how much work it is. And I think that's the, also the thing that people, it's, it's a little much because social media becomes this job, right? Like now I gotta create content constantly because that's the way he's building his following. But when you understand that's the big picture and how important the audience is, it becomes like, well, that's a part of it and I have to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you also have your own studio. I do. Well, I do have my own studio, OBE Studios, Only Believe Entertainment Studios, uh, where we, we produce television and films, X, Y, and Z. So yeah, man, very honored and just honored and blessed to have it. It is a job, it's a lot of work. People, um, I think people are like, oh man, that's so cool. They don't really understand. Like, first of all, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of energy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it's a lot. But um, yeah, I have a studio that we built and we just shot our first feature. Um, and uh, yeah, man, we just continuing to build. Uh, it's a lot. So I can talk, I can talk all day about it's that. <laughs> it's a lot because <clears throat> it is it's like the overhead. <laughs> the overhead people like just wanting to come use it for free not understanding that the bills if nobody's in there you still got to pay bills mm. um mm. and this is a side of your life you know and i'm still an entertainer and we know how up and down entertainment is but those bills are very consistent you know <laughs> they don't care that it's a strike they don't care that they're not yeah. working, working right like, none of that matters to them uh -huh. so, um renovating it you know, building the system, finding new relationships. And it's just a different hat to wear when you're owner and a business owner and you learn business. And it's it's a great thing to learn. I think it puts you in a better position. Me personally, I did it because I don't always want to be in a position of need. I don't want to be an actor or comedian always needing someone to give me a job. I would like to be in a position to give people jobs and truly help. And I only think you can do that in a position of power and having extra resources to help someone out. Yeah, so the studio is a blessing. OBE Studios is uh, right outside of Chicago in Maryville, Indiana, and we produce television and film. We also help companies produce content. 
for their commercials and PSAs and, you know, for their social media because the new age is internet and content is king. Uh, I'm aware of that. So um, when you can do it and do it at a high level, you can, you know, put yourself in a great position. So, um, but yeah, doing movies and stuff, I just really want to do that to continue to build my following and to continue to put myself in a position to do this forever and have longevity at it and meet people like you. I'm like, man, you're funny, man, I got an idea. I got a show for you. I got a thing and really be able to make a difference. Like, hey, no, you can just do this. And working with Tyler Perry was just so much more inspirational to see that. He don't have to ask anybody. If he wants to do anything, he just does it. He doesn't need a studio or a system to walk through. He just does it. Yeah. Did, did you learn anything from working with him or did you get any rub or? Oh my gosh, so much. Yeah. I learned so much. My Achilles is getting better. I'm in therapy. Thank you so much, Nick, for asking. Um, <laughs> um, so I learned a lot, but the main things I'll speak to learning is just being efficient. Um, work ethic, right? Like really, really being intentional about how are you trying to get to the goal and everything you're doing along that way to get there, you know, and if you mess up and you drop the ball, Monroe, play, oh, hey, play Monroe in here. What's up? Amazing comment from Chicago as well. Um, she's on the Tiffany Hash Presents thing on Netflix. That's, she's amazing. Um, yeah. So just really work ethic, being efficient, um, I learned a lot about him. He's really funny. Like, I really believe that he could have been a, a stand-up comedian. You know how you look back and you see some of the characters, you're like, ah, okay. But, like, when he's improv on set, I'm just like, as a stand-up who, who has that muscle, I'm like, this dude is, like, I'm dying. I'm like, this dude is funny. Like, but you wouldn't think it was so quick. I'm like, wow, like, he really could have done stand-up. Like, and he would have... <laughs> That's why Medea is so funny is because of his improv muscle. He's just so quick and witty. He's so smart. And just, he gave a blueprint. Build your audience. <clears throat> Build your audience. <clears throat> Create IPs, which is intellectual properties that you, that's quality. People will come to you for those things, right? Like, like those, that, that, that's a, a very real thing, right? And so... That's what I took from them. Quality, like build your audience, create IPs that, that really, you know, holds value. People are buying people's catalogs now, whether it be for music or film, television, that's a thing because everybody has a streaming platform. So if you have the quality, you know, the ideas and the ability to create amazing television and film, like I would encourage you to just start doing it in whatever way, shape or form you can. Preach. Well, as uh, as we start to land the plane here, I mean, is there is there any anything else you want the world to know, or any um? Oh, I gotta I gotta ask you this, okay? Because uh, you came up in Chicago, and I came up in Atlanta, and everyone has like a boo story from here. Like, what's up? Have you been booed up there? Like, what's like your worst bomb? People, always, I've never been booed, and and I don't say that because <laughs> I heard one comment, like, everybody been booed, I, like. I don't think everybody's been booed. Not that they're not been funny. That's different. Being booed is different. I think the worst is being it being silent. I've had a bad. <laughs> I think I would rather be booed than it be silent. 
uh, <laughs> silence is like disrespectful. It's like nobody cares. Like go kill yourself. <laughs> um, I had this one because I started comedy in church before I started doing stand up in the clubs in Chicago, and I remember like maybe this is, like my second or third performance, and uh, I think it was my second one. <clears throat> And I didn't wasn't comfortable enough on stage to just, you know, connect with the crowd first before I went straight into my material, which I do often, especially in, in hostile environments. I think it's important to connect with the crowd before you just jump straight into material. Um, obviously, if you're doing television or something, that's, that's straight into material. But um, I got you, LaQuinta. Um, so I'm up, I'm gonna get on stage and I just go straight into my jokes and it's just silence. And then this one person laughs, but I'm, I'm clear it wasn't like at me, like at my joke, it was at the silence that was there. <laughs> you know, somebody just bust out laughing, you're like, the silence is that funny. Like, yeah. man, and uh, I aborted shit. I was like, well, thank you. Those jokes work when I wrote them, but obviously I need to go do some work. And I, they laughed at that and I got off stage. <laughs> and that was just me being real, but it taught me a lesson. Be honest. When jokes are not working, like acknowledge that. Don't keep going through it like, like, like it's going Like, Don't stand on stage and act like it's going well when it's not. Mm-hmm. Be honest. Be like, you know what's real? And people will say what they want to, but authenticity is very rare. And if you can find yourself to be authentic, and this isn't anything, obviously, but we're talking about comedy, but I believe this is the nice. I think you will find yourself to move and progress in, in areas that, that most people can't because you're authentic. Mm. It, comes with, it comes with a price too, but I really believe that. Yeah. I'm- I'm having that. I, I self-produced the comedy special, and now I'm like working on the second one. It's like I worked ten years to write this new, this first set, and now I'm like, that's a real question. That's a real conversation. Yeah. What up, Don? Yeah, that's a real conversation. So, what, would you ask me, or what were you saying? Go ahead. I want to no, know. That, yeah, yeah. Please speak on it. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful for when I did my first special. I still had so many jokes that I did not do. But I think what I've learned in my as I approach my second special, so I'm I'm talking as I'm I'm like working through it, is just being honest about on stage about what's happening in my life right now. And understanding that I don't think you'll ever have an hour as strong as your first one. Maybe. <laughs> but but what you've learned over those 10 years is how to develop a joke. So you're bringing that experience to new bits. So that's what gives you the opportunity and the chance to match or do better in your new special because now you've got 10 years of experience to bring to the bit that you're trying to work on. Mm -hmm. During the 10 years, you're just trying to make it make sense. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, um, So I just feel like you just be as authentic, bring that 10 years of experience and just you know, look at what worked on the first one. Try to find the foundation of what worked, you know, whether it was subject matter, like relationships. Oh, I do well with relationships. Okay, so what's new in your relationship? Let's talk about relationships. Oh, I do good with politics. That, that's it. Okay, well, let's, what's new and try, you know, maybe even, or like I'm going back 
like now that I'm in like preparing to um produce my um second special, my thoughts is like, okay, what went well and why did that go well? And my transitions, now I'm like, okay, I gotta work on transitions out of like seamlessly and you know, I had some callbacks that really went well and then my closer was really strong. Okay. So finding what elements can support that just to have a system and try to replicate a system with these new new bits. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you look at that, you can look at Dave, you can look at Eddie, you know. I think people, <laughs> I'm not going to say that because the comments going to probably lose their mind. I think we give Eddie Murphy special, like Eddie Murphy's special were amazing because of Eddie Murphy, but it was really goofy. It was not very like, <laughs> like when you think about the Dave Chappelle's, when you're talking about real topics and life, you know, Eddie has some stuff when he talked about relationships and he talked about like, especially his raw. Raw was a little more mature than delirious. And I'm, I'm more of a raw fan, but I just think like, as I've gotten older, I'm also not a young comic, so getting up there trying to do a delirious, I don't think comes across the same. Right? Like, I've lived a little longer. Like, I'm older. Like, life, like we're more aware of certain realities, right? Obviously, it's a different climate in so many other ways, right? So, so it's like, I, like, I'm at the point where it's like, I want to be hilarious, but I also want to say something. Mm-hmm. I want to speak to some real situations like i'm gonna be talking about custody and fatherhood and people like the what fathers go through because i went through it so i want to talk about those things but be hilarious but be real marriage and the things you go through and trying to make it make sense and all of these real things that really happens in life this is the authentic part that people like you know what people love about Dave Chappelle? you know what makes him so special to me it's his authenticity right yeah like, yeah, he knows how to write a joke, but he's talking about it and his approach is so where the average person like, yeah, I feel that way too. Mm-hmm. I don't want to offend nobody, but that makes sense to me. That's that, that, that's that thing that makes him so special because most people at his stage is not being as authentic because they're afraid of what may or may not happen to them. You know what I mean? So those are my, those are my thoughts. Yeah, it's like you said with the content being authentic. Same thing with the stand-up. Exactly. The connection. For sure. I'm, I'm very confident in that. And and I think you see the results. I think that's the thing that... Because that, you can look at Dave Chappelle's older stuff, like Killing Me Softly, and those those specials are not as special. It kill, kill Him Softly? That, that holds up. <laughs> to, to now? Yeah. You think so? I mean, I just, I can't help but think of the, the baby in the, the hood, the dealing drugs, the baby on the corner. Yeah, that bit. I have to listen to it again. I, I watched it. I, I think he has some moments where you see his greatness, but he's still going around it in a different way. It's not very overt. It's not very like, like he's doing it yeah. now. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. We continue to get better. I mean, someone I like Ali Sadiq has he's he's changed. Yeah, he's he's changed me in a lot of ways. Just his specials are just another level, dude. And the one thing he has that is both consistent in in Ali and um, Dave is their authenticity, mm-hmm. their realness. That, yeah. that that's the thing, right? 
Like, you like, oh, man, it's so, no, that's the thing. They're not just up there to make you laugh. They, they're up there talking about some real stuff. Yeah. At least that's what that is. That's what makes you like, oh, this man's brilliant. He's being real. Mm-hmm. He's also went through life. He's also went through things. My nine-month-old son, he wants to be in the camera. You got a nine-month-old? I have a nine-month-old and a 13-year-old. That's... <laughs> All right. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't mean to laugh at it. Just the, the age gap, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, my first son was with my ex-girlfriend, and then my son, my, my baby son right now is with my wife. We've been together for a long time, so. All right. Yeah, no, it's a great thing. I'm very, like, it, it, he's a he's a character, but like it's a blessing. Just to have a ch- have children, period, is a blessing. It's work for sure. Don't don't get it twisted. It's work, but I feel like there's the two special things you can do on Earth. One is what you contribute to the Earth, and then how you raise your kids. Mm. That's another con- contribution. Is is who you create the, these children to be in the world. They can be a, a blessing, or they cannot. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I really I really take it uh, take pride in it. So really grateful for that are you a father uh i'm not i have a dog nice you're a dog father yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> people take no, that very serious yeah 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 but i under i, I mean i understand the value of family and certainly one day perhaps but um definitely i hope you get to experience it oh i i received that i appreciate yeah. it yeah so, um, is, is there anything else you uh, want the world to know before we you can get back to your family here? Yeah, just believe in your dreams. I always want the world to know that. I, I, I pray that my life is that, right? I know that it's a lot of good and bad comes with as a human, but I pray that my life speaks to just believing. Believing mm-hmm. in greatness for yourself, believing in your dreams, believing in better, believing in hope, believing in positivity, believing in something better. Than what is in every way, whether that's your personal life or in the world that we live in today. So that's what I will say. My companies only believe, and I truly believe that. And that's what I'm, I'm about. And uh, August 2nd, you August are doing 2nd. A show at the Laugh Factory in Chicago. Yes, pull up. Thank you, Don. Yeah, Laugh Factory in Chicago, working with Comics Kill. Very honored that they asked. You know, to be a part of comics that kill, because as a comedian, that's what you want to be known mm-hmm. as, right? You want to be, you want to be one of them comedians like, oh, he kills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> comedy, you know, that's the the reputation you want. So it's an honor to, you know, to be in that, to be just in that in that world, to be considered as one of those comics, and uh, I'm gonna keep trying to prove it. You know, I. I, I I've learned something as a comedian, like no matter how funny you are, never get comfortable, never get too like full of yourself where you don't, that you don't really go and approach a crowd like I still got to win. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh, oh dude, I, I learned, I, w- I was working a casino all last week and um, I, I grew a mustache trying to be goofy. <laughs> that first, the first two shows I did were like, not it. And yeah. I shaved up immediately. I was like, oh, you still got to bring it. You can't just be up there like, oh, I have a mustache now. Cool guy. No, you still got to go up there and like swing. I shaved and was like, like all right, back. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly I learned that right. lesson. <laughs> got to keep swinging, keep going at it hard, man. So 
until we get to our, until we're in positions to truly help. You know, that's for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what I want to do, man. And I, I hope we can do it together and keep rocking. Are you going to be, because you're in Atlanta, I, I'm, I'm going to be screening my um, feature in Atlanta at some point. So I hope we can keep in touch. Oh, say less. Yeah, we definitely will. We'll definitely keep in touch. And I'm going to make a trip up to Chicago at some point as well. Please keep me posted. Maybe. <laughs> you need a, he said you need a beard, bro. <laughs> he <talking> about <laughs> <laughs> my boy Don Houston, what's up, <laughs> My guy. He, he said he nobody like me. Dash is only cops and you know, it was bad. That. It was sus for sure. It was the, like I didn't bomb, but like the jokes were hitting differently because they were kind of there was just it was like the elephant in the room that it I was so, like somebody got right. Like what's going on? Thank you so young. Mike. Yeah, it was it was whack. Yeah, let's oh, yeah. but yeah. So follow uh, follow Barry work and um, Brie Lee said she'll come to the screen in Atlanta as well. Yeah, we'll definitely do more together. The first one. Yeah, I look forward. I look forward to it, man. Thank you so much. I'll definitely be promoting it. Ned Flanders. All right, I'm getting roasted. We got to get out of here. <laughs> it's dying. You got to chill. That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you you did look like Ned Flanders, probably. With I the did. Mustache. Yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah, That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. He got you right on. <laughs> it's, it'd be the, the accuracy that'd be so funny, right? He'd be like, I, it's exactly what it looks like. It's so funny. Yeah, I have a character I'll grow it out for, um, but for stand-up, that is not the That's movie. not it. No. Not, that was not it. <laughs> That's the great thing about us as comics. I love, like, just when you can talk about yourself and crack jokes and you ain't too cool to be, like, you know, like, yeah, that's what it looks like. Or say yeah. something like, yeah, that was kind of corny, but, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> My boy Don, he a musician. He's an amazing musician, by the way. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. Yeah, he asked when you know to get rid of jokes, like if something's bombing. When do you know to get rid of jokes? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I, I don't ever think a joke, if you really think something is funny personally, I don't think it's something to get rid of. I think it's to tweak it and to see what's not funny about it that's not hitting on stage. I think comics have a good sense of what's funny. Like, I think what's funny to me is funny. If I present it, it doesn't hit. I'm like, mm, how do I, how do I present? the funny that I believe is in it where the crowd gets it as well so I think that's the challenge you know what I mean mm-hmm. I think that's the challenge and some, sometimes it's just you gotta shelf it and then bring it back later yes exactly sometimes you do gotta do that and you might connect something else and it might click like oh that's it that's what I yep. need to do you know what I mean exactly yeah so it's alright well, well let's get back to your family here I appreciate you taking time out of your your week to Definitely, um, do this, but people listening, go follow Barry on social media, go follow comics that kill. They're doing a ticket giveaway for Barry's show on August 2nd. And um, this is the first of many things we'll do together, my friend. I'm excited to connect with you here. Same here, man. And thanks again for having me on. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for everyone that watched live and listened to the podcast later. We do this, uh, we release this podcast every Monday. We've interviewed over 400 comedians in here all about comedy. So definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, welcome to the Hop Breathiverse. Definitely. Thank you. Appreciate you, guy. Hot Breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.